If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 457 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, forgetting to mute his fucking microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> is the Michael O'Donoghue of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as uh, we jump into another week in the mad world of mixed martial arts. Uh we have the two-fight UFC card that happened on Saturday night. We have the Bellator PFL uh, champion versus champion card. It wasn't really a champion versus champion card. Uh, there was a, a mad KSW card. It was a very good Cage Warriors card as well. Um, and there's a, a, a card of the year contender next year in uh, one championship, 166, which I think is completely flying under the radar, but that's a very good card. Uh, all told, Graham, how are you? How how was your weekend? Was it good? Liverpool, Liverpool won won the cup. Yeah, it's good to see the you know bunch of eighteen year olds and guys playing you know first games or second games and stuff get on there and do the job against Chelsea. But yeah, you, you know you got to think of it. Uh, it's great for Liverpool winning or whatever. But to take it from Chelsea side of things, it's a bit uh you know that was a real good chance for them with a lot of injuries and all that stuff going on and players going off injured and they really kind of. Just let let Liverpool beat them, <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah, what's the, like are Liverpool not like way better than Chelsea? And Chelsea are completely done. Like well, when you're when you're missing Allison and you're missing you know Matip, Sabasloy, Darwin, Salah, you know you're missing you're missing like uh, Thiago, you're missing even Bychetic. You know the guys who would come in and kind of fill the gaps in previous yeah, but seasons. Chelsea have no players. Like, Chelsea, yeah, all their players are rubbish and they have a terrible manager and all of that. Yeah, well, terrible I suppose when club. you spend a lot of money on players, it definitely becomes a, a media and fan uh, thing where yeah, they expect true. a lot more from you than if you just come through the academy and you're making well, like your second unless appearance. You're Liverpool. Unless you're Liverpool, of course. Well, I suppose Liverpool's academy is, you know, eight academy medalists there like uh, today. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, Liverpool good fans job, usually but. hate the young players coming through, so I'm amazed. Actually, you know what I mean? Makes sense with Klopp. The Klopp's like smirking on the side. Like, oh my god, my toddlers are playing here against a prime Barcelona. So it was just, it was another embarrassing day for Liverpool. Uh, football you were, you were, you were devastated. They tried amazing. to rob Van Dyke's uh, original header, but uh, I didn't see it. I only saw the last three minutes of uh, of, of uh, the, uh, the just in time, just in time. Yeah, it was uh, Jesus. It's amazing how you turn in like your biggest days of the season to embarrassment so often. It's it's absolutely. <laughs> Only an achievement. Oh, well, we can talk about Man United this weekend if you want to. If you want to talk about embarrassment. Well, well, Man United have been embarrassed. Played off the park at home by four. Ten years. 
Well, what do you want to say about Man U? I know, but that was more. particularly bad. Like Fulham, <laughs> yeah. their, their, their last away win, I think, was on the first game of the season. But you're supposed so, to like, be good. Like, <laughs> you, know, this, you, you were talking uh, Man United. We're back. We're back. Everybody talks about here from you and Man United fans. We're back. making things up, though. Will you go here? Do you want me to pull out some evidence? We're back comments. Yeah, pull out evidence that wasn't a joke. Anyway, we probably. Do you know what? This sounds like we need another soccer podcast. We better leave it though, because uh, the vast majority of people have probably tuned out at this stage anyway. But you should, you should yeah. have done it while it might have done around that little bit of a mini research. Yeah. You, you, oh, you, you missed your, you missed the boat. I, mean, I, I missed the six day boat there. <laughs> I, I missed it. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Emergency right. podcast, man, out of one. <laughs> yeah, every nine to one, four times a year. It's like it's like the exact opposite of off the ball. Have you seen that? Like I, I was keeping count there, right? So out of I think it was fifteen games. Man United had I don't know They'd like won seven Last eight or something And it was the exact same Bar one The amount of times Off the ball had For the eight losses They had nine Man United guests uh, and eight times after they had lost, and once so you, after they won, the people what they want, you know. You <laughs> yeah, but the it's, what they want. it's smart, it's smart business stuff. there. But yeah. like the the difference between how Man United, especially, are are portrayed, and everyone is like Liverpool are the exact opposite. They're portrayed as these fucking saints, and oh my god, Jamie Carragher called it today. <laughs> On par with winning the Champions League. I couldn't. Uh, even you must have been cringing at that. Like, fuck me. Yeah, obviously, it's not It's not a Champions League, but it, it's it's uh, extra kind of, it feels like more than just a, you know, a cup win because of, you know, the... Yeah, fair play. It was good. Like, they, okay, but you it's, did not, it's the not like, you know, obviously, you know, winning, w- winning the Champions League is, is a yeah. way bigger I'm, deal. I'm glad you have some sins anyway. Fucking hell. Anyway, let's talk about... Uh, from sure, from Man United fans got so desperate they were they were claiming Community Shields as trophies for years. That's how bad that cup is. Fucking Tin Hag won it. The worst manager in the history of the Premier League. Fucking absolute ball fraud imbecile. Anyway, uh <laughs> Where do we start? If you don't like football, sorry about that. Sorry about that. PFL versus Bellator. Let's get into it. Uh, not quite Man United versus Liverpool, but um, I saw I I I had a bit of a family occasion and I missed the, the start to this, but I came in just about the time when the big fights uh, were were happening. Or, or I, I think I missed the Pico fight. I went back and then so obviously we didn't go too long anyhow. But uh, the first thing that kind of hit me on all of this, we'll, we'll get into the individual fights. It looked very disjointed, like it looked, okay, there was a big shot and it's like this outdoor arena and it looked pretty warm there and then there was, the winners were like sitting on a throne and they were putting a flag in and I don't know, it just, I, I, I admired them trying to do something and I admired them like keeping a scoreboard and all of that. It just seemed very tryhard, and I think for me, PFL have gone from a place that is has been very tryhard in terms of, like, uh, oh, this is the, the, you know, this is the Champions League of sports. Even though they kind of keep saying and so, their product has gotten much better uh, and much more enjoyable to watch. I think over the last three or four years, I think this was a little bit of a step back in that terms. Now, look, the the quality of fighters was a lot better, and the you know the fights themselves weren't bad or anything like that, but. 
I, I don't know what what did you think of it? I was like, oh, this is a this is a small bit cringy, or this is the. Yeah. I, I went up from the cringe, you know, it could be cool or cringy. I think it was, I think it went a good bit towards the cringe side of it. Uh, yeah, I think when it's a once off, if it's a once off, you can kind of just laugh at it and be it could be kind of funny some of the some of the things. But if if it becomes a regular thing, you know, it probably get annoying really quickly. But you know, you, you got to try new things to try and differentiate differentiate different differentiate yourself a little bit from the UFC if that's what you want to do and you know uh, it's their first kind of pay-per-view and all that stuff so uh, you can understand wanting to wanting to do things differently I don't as you said I don't think most of the stuff worked but yeah I think um, I think uh, I hope it doesn't continue to have like you know too many kind of you know, I just want the fights to happen and I want it to be not off-putting and not like take you out of the immersion of, of watching the fight and so and things like that so uh, personally I prefer that but I think so, some people do kind of you know like that kind of thing something different you know it can get very formulaic if you're if you're for example like just a big MMA event watcher like the, a big UFC or you know a big uh, a big maybe PFL or Bellator fight that you're particularly interested in for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's good to get away from that really formulaic kind of style that, you know, people have become used to with the UFC and make it feel a bit different. But yeah, I think a lot of the things they tried didn't really work. Yeah. And I would be one of those people who like to get away from the formulaic part of it. Like I gave great credit to Bellator for the, the Hawaii events that they held and, you know, make, allowing people to do fun walkouts and, and things like that. And I, I've been a big fan of PFL with the, the tournaments for, for a few years. I wasn't always a big fan, but I've become a big fan in the last few years. And I like what one championship do and stuff as well this just didn't hit the mark I don't think like the throne the throne quote unquote throne being like a slightly fancy chair you know and like putting the flags in the flag balls I was like okay I understand what you're doing here but uh, it, 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 it like it, it didn't look cool either if you want to put it that way you know it did look that I just wonder here as well um so apart from that, obviously that's that's a special thing, and they're on about doing it once a year, whether they do that or not, we'll see, I suppose. But uh, that's the thing we probably won't see too often. What we will see, I wonder, or, or I wonder what we will see in terms of the announcing, in terms of the emceeing, and all of that. Um, Andy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you're going to bring up the commentary and the, all that stuff. Go on, I'll get your opinion on it first. What what do you think of it? Uh, it was extremely disjointed at best. Uh, uh, being nice <laughs> all night. Uh, obviously, it takes a bit of time for you know guys to get used to each other, but it didn't seem that they had any kind of uh, any chemistry or it, it was just absolutely all over the place. And uh, Chael was just off on tangents all <laughs> over the place. So bad. Uh, oh my god! No, no, nobody had the had the kind of authority to, or not the authority, but the kind of nuanced way to kind of stop him <laughs> that would that sometimes we see with with, with john anik uh when when certain other people go off on on rants so yeah i think uh, uh obviously it takes time for a team but it didn't look very uh it didn't look like there's much uh chemistry there no and, and it's funny like because i think individually i i've actually liked 
both Bellator and PFL's teams over the last while. I know a lot of people don't like Big John. Now he won't be doing the commentary anymore. They said he'll be doing like the uh, what he was doing with the with the judging thing, which I think is uh, is pretty good. Uh, and obviously they have they had Mauro before he wasn't there, but um, and I liked say Sean O'Connell, Randy and Kenny. I, I actually think they had a very good flow. Like Randy and Kenny were two guys with the UFC years ago that were like really criticised. I think both of them improved an awful lot. I think especially Kenny. I think he's actually like he was. I think a hated commentator before. But but I actually think he is probably the most improved commentator ever in mixed martial arts. Uh, and like Randy wasn't even, you know, he wasn't bad, I would say, in the three-man boot that they've had for the last while. So I like Chael just can't do the job. He's like, you can't be what Chael, like what Chael is basically is just like a, a liar, like a storyteller. That's his gimmick. Like and me calling him a liar might sound like I'm slagging him or something, but that's, you know, he embellishes a things. Fibber, and a a fibber. fibber. Yeah, that's, and you, you, can't, you can't do that when your job is to call facts. Like, it's just, you cannot be that guy. He's like, he's completely marked out for his own gimmick as well. There's no way for him to draw that back, I don't think. Uh, put him on the desk or, or do something like that. He, yeah, he can't like like Cormier as well. Like you just these guys have no business at all being in that role, and Chael just can't do it. Uh, with the Andy Shepard one as well, then um, like Michael C. Williams, I think, uh, I think when you have him as part of your company, and it's no disrespect to the guy, I'm sure he's a lovely guy and everything. He makes you look kind of low brow he makes you look second rate um because he is you know he's like one of those old school putting on a voice doesn't sound natural doesn't sound you know he's not a buffer he's not he's not one of the big guys now is Andy Shepard that I don't think so but I think he's more clean and less visible I think which is good if you can't get one of like the top guys to do it I think that's your your second best option. Um, so I like I think I'd continue like, with him. He made a few a Joe, lot of errors. Joe, Joe, Joe Martinez is very rarely seen really these days. If I'm remembered correctly, in the UFC, it's nearly always Bruce Buffer, is it? Or, or my yeah. Or it, Joe, Joe does the odd. Uh, I was I actually surprised he wasn't there for the Mexican card because you know obviously he speaks uh, Spanish and everything like that. But yeah, he he does the odd. He I think he did. Did he do last week or two weeks ago? But it's yeah, you're right. It's usually. Um, uh, it's usually uh, Bruce. And then they have another guy as well that does a few of the, um, I'm actually not sure what his name is, does a few of the Dana White Contender series. So yeah, if you're PFL, like surely make a player for John Martinez. I yeah. think that'd be perfect. Yeah, that's where we're getting at. Yeah, I don't know what his situation is with the UFC, but if he's if he's not being used that much, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's a guy who for a lot of years has been on the road doing this and he obviously loves it. And he's probably, you know, you'd probably be chomping at the bit to get out there and do more shows and not just be kind of, you know, the replacement when Bruce Buffer's not around. Yeah, 100%. I'd get him. The other guy I'd probably get for him is Jimmy Smith. I, I like Jimmy Smith. I saw someone talking about him uh, yesterday. Although, Sean, like, Sean O'Connell is not bad, but I... Uh, maybe they need two. Maybe they have space for two now. And uh, yeah. you know, yeah, Jimmy Smith. It was a weird one. The way you know, obviously he, he was at Bellator for years, and we we always used to laugh about the fire hydrant, like wrestling with a fire hydrant thing. Yeah. But <laughs> he did a phenomenal job. And when he came to the UFC, I thought he did a good job as well. But it it was very short lived. I don't really know what happened there. But he he has. Uh, I don't know if it's just my timeline or my social media timeline. But he, I think I saw a couple of him putting out a couple of videos, and I hadn't seen that in a while. So maybe he's kind of. Dipping his dipping his uh, head back into the the MMA pool, and you know we could see him see him turn up. But I think yeah, I agree with you that he'd be a, he'd be a good addition. You know he's got a lot of experience in there. Um, 
you know, he's he's been in there with different commentators over the years. He's able to tie things together. He's able to, you know, get the shout outs they, they need for sponsors and, you know, uh, advertisers and things like that. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, if he's a free agent, which he seems to be, that'd be a, that'd be another good call. I wonder, could you even put him and Sean O'Connell together with maybe a Kenny Florian? Maybe that's too much because both of them have kind of been doing the play by play. But although he didn't, when he was at the UFC, he didn't do play by play, did he? He was the the color guy. He was, yeah. So yeah, he could, he could do that as well. He was at WWE as well. And he was actually pretty good, but they they kind of sack everyone. But yeah, but anyway, that's I suppose beside the point. Like overall, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily bad. I think. I think they drew back some of the PFL stuff with like all the betting lines coming up on screen and the smart cage stuff and all of that. Now, I, I kind of was watching it. Uh, I wasn't paying as full attention as I may have been normally. Uh, to what I was kind of background watching some of it, but I, 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 I did like that part of it, to be honest. And I'm, I'm interested to see because like that was a different card as well. There's a lot of questions still to be asked whether the Bellator broadcast will be different from the PFL broadcast. Will the PFL broadcast be the same as it always was? Um, I, I'm interested. Overall, I, I think it was a fun event. Um, I think it'll be... I think it'll be more fun next year if they do a good job of making these kind of different entities. Um, I still think we have a lot of questions to be answered in all sides of PFL and Bellator. Which fighters are going to be where? They announced the season the other day and seemingly did, uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. Maybe they did, but I couldn't find any of the fighters or any of the brackets. I saw like there was a picture of Dakota Decheva and there was a picture of Patricky Pitbull and then no one else. And I'm like, okay, you're giving us dates for a few weeks time. Like, and I'm not, I don't even know who's fighting or whatever, but yeah, I, I really think they just need to get stuff in order. And I'm sure it's tough. Like they've only had a couple of months to get everything in order. And this card is, well, uh, you know, it, it fell apart. Before you go on, go on. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, in fairness to them, they tried to put on, you know, better, bigger, you know, promotion versus promotion champion fights and it all fell apart. And it, it was kind of thrown together last minute, uh, a lot of the fights. And as I mentioned last week in the podcast, they weren't leaning in until the last minute on the, you know, whoever wins here is going to face uh, face Francis Ngannou. And I thought they should have lent a lot more into, you know, Francis has negotiated two million uh, for the opponent, so this is basically you know nearly a two million fight. You know, uh, assuming Francis is going to fight, which you know uh, <laughs> that's another thing. But you can still promote it like that and make it seem like a bigger fight. And like uh, the fact that they did mention it a bit definitely made a you know if you're a casual fan and watching that, there's a lot more on the line because you know who Francis is and you know he's sitting cage side and he seems interested in the in in you know in the fight and he seems like he's going to. He, he intends on on fighting the winner. So, you know, obviously, uh, as you mentioned there, and I mentioned with injuries weren't ideal for the card, but all in all, they kind of, you know, they, they had to string it kind of back together at the last minute and they should have lent in more, as I said to that. But all in all, I thought, you know, for a, a patched-up card, it was... It was quite enjoyable, but it wasn't yeah. the the big splash that they w- would have been hoping to make, uh, you know, with their Indeed. with their uh, promotion versus promotion card and their pay per view debut or their, you know, I think that's a pay per view debut or did they have one before? Uh, I think they, I think there maybe one or two before. Yeah, and I would agree. I just the final point on the Francis part. I thought they actually did a good job because we were, you know, we talked about it last week. They need to start doing this, and they did it. So they announced before the card, like a couple of days before, that the winner was going to fight Francis, which was good. That's what exactly what you need to do. Could they have pushed? It a little bit more even two months ago, you know. What I mean? I, yeah, hundred percent. I agree. But look better late than ever. I actually thought all of that, not all of it, but some of it was brought down by the fact that 
John Jones was there and they're like they were trying to set up a John Jones versus Francis and you know why would you have John Jones or he does not fight for you he can't fight for you for like at least fucking two years or whatever oh, I, I hated that and then Francis wouldn't even come into the cage to, to square off with Hinan Fahia after it uh, yeah that was yeah, they really should have had him yeah I was expecting him to to square off and they kept cutting to the crowd and Francis was just like shaking hands and talking to randomers in the crowd it's just like here do you, do you want to do you want to get him in the like, first stare down in the middle of the cage here if you were to ask anyone who, who which fight did they promote more Francis Ngano versus John Jones or Francis Ngano versus Hinan Fahia I don't think anyone could say it wasn't Jones versus uh, Ngano like it was I don't know it's just bizarre and they, they constantly do this they did it with Deontay Wilder as well and I don't know why they do it promote your own fighters promote you, what you have it's like they're just clout chasing or something I I really don't understand this like you have a monster in Hinan Fahia fucking 6 foot 8 knockout artist like this guy is <laughs> him versus Francis Ngannou is a, a such an easy fight to promote. It's like one of these guys getting banged out of there. Like why oh why? I know okay John Jones versus Francis obviously would be a way better fight than we'd all want to see, but that's just not possible as we as we speak. Like oh my god, I don't know. And maybe they're trying to get Saudi and all the money to do it and get Dana White to cope more. But God Almighty. Like until that comes a reality, let's let's leave it beside it. Anyway, yeah, it was that was that was a big misstep for me, just a massive misstep. Um, because like if it let's say some miracle did happen and they were going to fight, you don't need that anyway. They've talked back and forth to each other many times throughout the years. Like so, I don't know. It's it was all a it was all a bit bizarre. Let let's start that fight, uh, Graham. The the Bader versus Hinn for half. I might as well start at the top. I uh, I picked Bader going in, but. Everything that I said about the fight was like, ah, oh, Bader has struggled against faster guys. Fahey is really fast. He's never really fought the, you know, the top, top, big, massive heavyweights. Uh, and he, Fahey, you know, Fahey is a big, massive heavyweight. But I was like, ah, but Bader will probably still win. And I'm like, no, no, those two things are right. I don't know why you overlooked them. And uh, Fahey, like, this reminded me a little bit of the you know, the Machida fight back in the day where Bader threw the shots and then just got hit by the way uh, faster man. This time it just happened to be a guy who's double the size of fucking Leona Machida with probably triple the power of Leona Machida and that was never going to work well. It was, it was a lovely win for Fahey and a real star-making performance for him, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, for him going out there trying to create excitement for a potential Francis fight, he's done perfect. He went in there, he looked great in the, the short time. He... He landed a beautiful, you know, I don't know if it's a counter or you call it a counter or if he's landed at the same time as, as Bader was, was throwing. I'm not sure who initiated it, but uh, with, with uh, Fahey's speed, it was it was, it was was probably a counter. So, you know, you went out there, you got the job done, you didn't take any damage, you're, you're ready to go again, you got the, the biggest payday of your life, uh, uh Potentially, you know, depending on Francis, which, which, as I will say, is a bit, is a big thing. You know, he's going in there against um, Anthony Joshua in in a boxing match, and you know, if that's close, are they going to want to do a rematch? Is there going to be they want to do, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dante Wilder or another top five, top ten guy? Is he going to be offered a lot of money for that? Or, or you know, there's a lot of things going on, but 
you know, for 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 Hayes side of things, he he did the job perfectly. He went out there, you know, as you as you mentioned there, like Ryan Bader is a, a tough guy. He's a he's a dangerous matchup for for a lot of guys. If you're not really well rounded, he can he can find a way to exploit that, and you, you might have you know you'd be forgiven for thinking that might have might have been the case going in. And uh, he just he just got the job done perfectly and set himself up for. You know, uh, a chance that you know, a chance at Francis Ngannou and a chance at a big payday, and you know, uh, a chance of being part of part of a historic his- history. You know, to be remembered. And yeah, I think you know, uh, a few years ago, I didn't even know who he was. So he's, he's he's you know, he's bounced back from a loss last year as well. So this is a you know, an MMA. You can be you you can lose a fight and think uh you know, uh, everything's going wrong. And then all of a sudden, a year later, you're on top of the world or a year and a half later, you're on top of the world. Everything can change quickly. You just got to stay ready. And when the, when the opportunity arises, you got to take it. Yeah, 100%. And like, he's well able for it as well. Like, if you were to pick someone to, to fight Francis, you know, not necessarily that he's going to win, but it's fucking... <laughs> I'll say it again. I've said this probably 10 times in the last few weeks. It's an easy fight to promote. Uh, now... I don't have much faith in the BFL promoters, if I'm being honest. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. And look, I think he has a real chance of beating Francis. Well, I will I pick him? No, I pick Francis to win the fight. Uh, but I do think he's a real chance. And I, you know, like, I, has Francis been exclusively focusing on focusing on boxing for the last like you know year or two, and potentially you know another few months and. He had surgery before he he started boxing, and you know how much um, you know you'd have to think that Fahey would be the more hungry fighter going into that. So yeah, there's definitely you know variables going on there. Although you know Francis would probably, depending on what happens in this Joshua bout, if he doesn't take any really bad damage or anything like that, that he'd be the favorite. But it's a chance to you know shock the world and make history for Fahey if that if that fight does happen. Yeah, and. The other side of it as well is like at least they're telling us he might be fighting in MMA. I understand like you made some good points there about the boxing lark. You know, even if he wins, he'll he'll probably have another one. They'll probably have a rematch clause. You know, Eddie Hearn is no fool. Um, if he loses, you know, he could fight. Uh, what uh, what are box Deontay Wilder? I suppose or, or Joseph Parker, one of them. Uh, and I'm sure Fury will probably want that rematch as well because he knows, you know, the second time it's probably going to be, you know, a, a lot easier of a boxing match and probably earn him a lot more money. So I don't think Francis is probably finished in the boxing even if he loses, which is he great. Has a lot of options, yeah. A lot of options because like if he had lost to Fury easily, I think he probably would have been finished in the box. And I think that was probably that. But, you know, as we said many times, he's betting himself and, and he won. But at the same time, like he's an MMA fighter and I want to see him fighting in MMA and I'd love to see, P- you know, PFL pay him well. And, you know, PFL have, have I feel like, bent over backwards for him and done a lot of stuff for for him that he wanted to do. And maybe he feels like, well, he kind of owes him. Maybe he feels like he wants to he, be. He feels like to me watching interviews and, you know, having met him briefly, that he, he does seem like, you know, a guy who, if he says something, he, he fully True. intends on doing it. You know, that he'd, he'd be a man of his word. And He's obviously that, he has a contract he? and things like that. But yeah. I think... I think, like you know, he, even the way he negotiated the contract or tried to negotiate the contract with with the UFC and ended up negotiating the contract with PFL, where he was concerned about the other the other fighters and what they're getting paid and how they're being treated and things like that. So, to me, I think he will fight in MMA, but I can see why others will think that you know uh, he could end up just boxing until he retires. Yeah, it's a good point. Like I, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical, but 
if he says he's going to do it, I, I actually would believe him now. Like, cause like there was a lot of things over the last while I've been like, oh, I've been very skeptical of, but he's pulled through with, uh, with all of them. And he's pulled through with, with, uh, with flying colors and a lot of money as well, which I'm absolutely delighted for. You love to see that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes at the, at the same time though. Right. The, the, the kind of the black mark on all of this really is this, just this whole Saudi Arabia fucking cloud hanging over everything as well. It's all, like, I almost forgot about it there for a minute, like, you know, and it's... Well, that's it working. That's it working when it you is, forget about it or you, yeah. you just, every, everybody gets tired of talking about it or the, the fans don't, want, or the media don't want to talk about it, the fans don't want to hear about it anymore because they've heard about it in, you know, every sport, football, golf, you know, uh, MMA, boxing. So that's that's the you know the the image laundering is basically what it is. People call it soft power, but it's more like image laundering and just uh, jading people with the talk of it has, uh, has happened in 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 other sports that maybe are are like you know uh, uh, years ago the Saudi money came in and it was talked about for months and now it's just kind of accepted and obviously we mentioned it and other other places mentioned it as well uh, when when it kind of started with MMA but. Yeah, you do kind of. It just does be kind of. Anything becomes the norm, and you know that's what the that's what the idea is, I suppose. Yeah, and like, there's there's two people really you can be. You can be people who mention it, like even if it's only in pass, passing, because you like it's not a it's not a conversation you can have fucking three times a week, like when we do podcast that much, like. But it's it's definitely something you can mention in passing. You know, once a week, twice a week, or something. Um, that's you. That's one option, right? Or the other option is to become one of those absolute shills who's calling people your excellency, you know, or his excellency, or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you know, you know, things are really bad when there's members of the media, so-called journalists, saying that sort of shit. Like, and that's that's where we get to a point where this is not. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't see any of that, but oh, I think that is what I, kind of what I was saying. Everything just becomes. It just becomes normal. You see people, you know, being referred to as people, stuff like your excellency or people referring to on social media, and then all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, you're you're doing stuff like that, or you're 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 maybe you know not into politics, or you don't know much about Saudi Arabia, and you, you don't want to know, and you just want to be a sports fan or whatever. I, I, I can see that side of it as well, but I think a lot of it is it just drifts into the into your consciousness and then you're not even thinking about it and it just becomes it becomes normal and yeah and i think just and just the final one is i know some people are probably saying oh you're going to go on now and you're going to talk about the ufc sure america is as bad as saudi arabia or england the difference is that one is like a state-funded state-owned like the ufc is owned by ari emmanuel you know he's just a, a man he's not you know he's not part of the state he's not part of the government you know dana white okay people have their political leanings but like he's not He's not Joe Biden or he's not Donald Trump or like, you know, it, that's the difference where the people, his excellency is part of that. And that's the difference, I think, between what's been going on with the Saudi money. And like Saudi's involved in the UFC as well now. So we, we nearly forgot that as well. So it's, it seems uh, kind of inevitable to me that at some stage they'll, you know, increase their stake or take over the UFC in, in oh, future years. So like, I, I think it's more of it to come. Yeah, it's, yeah no, no one's thinking these, but like, it's the same. Look, it's the same in all sports look at Man City and look at PSG and, and all, all the rest of it and you could even argue at Man United as well now with the you know the, uh, the Ineos with their you know trying to launder their name as well and they have some problems so it's it's not just the state sponsors it's other other parts of it as well but I think the state sponsor stuff is 
is the worst of it, to be honest. And you you made a great point there. Like, the image really has been lauded. Like, when you think of Saudi Arabia now, what do you think of? Like, you think of them putting on the biggest box of matches possible. If you're an MMA fan, you think of like, oh, what's the card going to be like in June? Is McGregor going to be on it? Is Jones going to be on it? You know, you think like, oh, there's a possibility Jones versus Ngannou could be made maybe now. You know, it's that's what you think of and that's what they want you to think of and it's it's uh, it's a bit mad. But anyway, we will move on. We'll talk about the rest of the card because like with respect to the fighters, we have to respect them as well. It's not their fault. You know, they're not choosing to be uh, over there or whatever. So, um Johnny Eblen against Simbik Sanganai Graham, a very, very interesting fight. I, I've i obviously covered, you know, PFL a lot over in Charlotte in the last while, and every Simbik Sanganai fight that comes up, I have a group of people, like, in the comments section going, ah, oh, put some respect on the name of Impa. Like, Impa's a guy who has, like, this, this fan base, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just in my comment section, but and I hear it a lot, but I think... I think they're right though. Like he's a guy who maybe doesn't get as much respect. I think sometimes as well, right? Uh, this kind of happened with Jose Aldo when he got knocked out by McGregor. The only thing he's known for, you know, knocked out by McGregor. Where Jose Aldo's one of the greatest fighters of all time. Like, but to some people, that's all he is. Tim is hanging. I for a while there. What was he? He was the guy who got knocked out by Jackie and Buckley in the greatest knockout of all time. That's what he was to a lot of people. But he's just damn sight better of a fighter than that. And the run he's been on over the last year has been absolutely fantastic. Um, beating some good guys like Martin Hamlet, a really good wrestler and others as well. And uh, he came in here and I'll tell you what, he put it on Johnny Eblen. He made it tough for him. He won around. He almost got him out of there. Uh, and it was a split decision in the end. Jesus, it was a great fight. Look, for Johnny Eblen, I suppose, like the last fight, he pulled through it. He was behind. He was It was a tough fight against a striker. You know, he got hit. He got hurt. But he came through it. And, you know, 15 and 0 now for Johnny Eblen. There's no question in that. Uh, I suppose people will be talking about, is he the greatest middleweight in the world? I, I was kind of saying it. Maybe I'll, I'll retract it. I don't know if I retracted it, but maybe I'm pulling back in it a small bit after that performance. Questioning it a bit more now. I do think yeah. we have to respect Impeda. Like, he is a very, very, very good fighter. And, you know, he gave Johnny these problems. Yeah, there was the first two rounds were extremely close. Like I gave the the first to Evelyn and the second uh, against him. So, you know, I could, uh, both of those rounds were really close, uh, especially the first. Uh, so, if if it had been if it had been uh, uh, and I uh, getting his hand raised, I don't think you would have. You probably would have seen some complaints, but I don't think you know it would have been a robbery. It definitely would, is a justifiable scorecard twenty nine twenty eight. So. Uh, you know, he, he toughed it out and made it gritty and made it kind of got it done. Evelyn did, but it, it looked a little bit desperate at times to me for somebody who's you know, uh, in my opinion as well, one of if not the best middleweight around. So definitely wasn't the best performance from him. I wonder if was there maybe stuff going on behind the scenes or just a bit of a bad day at the office or the style fight or yeah, maybe under you know, maybe. You know, maybe it's just Kasanganai is just that good, and you know, could have beat him if it was another another you know couple of judges uh, scoring that. You know, I I I, I didn't know who was going to win when the scorecards were getting read out. Yeah, I I would say the same as well, and like I wonder 
I wonder the weather did it play a part in it as well. It's like I was looking up the weather. It's not sometimes. It's, sometimes it is a bit though to like maybe you're right or maybe it's there is something going on. And maybe I'm right, but sometimes it is. You look, you, you expect somebody to you know expectancy bias. You expect somebody to do something, and then you look for reasons why it didn't happen. But maybe it is just the opponent. You know, some yeah. people are yeah. you know a little bit more difficult to deal with, and their timing is a little bit different, or they're a bit you know they're just a bit hard to get a rhythm against, or, or the style, certain styles certain thing they do maybe matches up badly against you and you know and sometimes they're just a really good fighter yeah I, I, I honestly if I was looking for one reason that would be it like I do think Impaz is very good and maybe we just need to change our, our perception on him a little bit you know um but, when you uh, lose like three out of four, you know, and you get you yeah. get cut from the UFC, and you're losing your your Eagle FC, you know, your first fight is to the UFC, it's not looking good. And that was what his last loss was March 2022. So he, he's been really active since he's got his you know one, two, three, four, five, six fights in a row before this uh, victories uh, in a short period of time, and you know uh, he looks to have turned a corner and you know put that kind of. Uh, bad street behind him and learn from it. Sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes the loss can be the you know the secret ingredient to success. Indeed, and I think Eblen maybe has gotten maybe possibly a little bit strike happy. Um, I, I think maybe he overestimates himself a little bit. Now he, I think he is a good striker, but he's a a fantastic wrestler. So maybe he needs to kind of get back to that a little bit. But uh, he got to win anyway. As I said, moves to to fifteen and all. Uh, Jason Jackson was the opposite of that then uh, he was dominant brilliant against Ray Cooper and I think for the people saying that he is the best welterweight in the world I think this uh, wins on to kind of <sighs> no yeah I think, so. I, I think like uh, he Jason Jackson was brilliant but I think Ray Cooper just uh, I don't know something didn't look right he looked like he just welted wilted uh, in certain situations that you you wouldn't expect him to um, obviously, he's had a you know good few losses in his career, but he's a man who kind of has has risen to the big occasion before, and he he just looked kind of maybe past it or not um, in at, at his prime. And Jason Jackson, you know, take them away from him. He went in there and completely dominated, and you know, you know, the, the ass kicking machine is his nickname, and he's been he's been doing that, and he's he's really come into his own. He's really putting everything together brilliantly. He looks like a real uh, problem for any um, any any welterweight in the world, but I think Ray Cooper was uh, yeah. I think uh, even if Jason Jackson hadn't fought to his you know best of his abilities, he would he would have beaten Ray Cooper on that uh, on that night handily enough. I, I think I, you make a fair point. Like this wasn't the night that proved Jason Jackson is the best welterweight in the world. It's you know an accumulation of what happens over the last few years, and like this obviously helped because he was very good. But it's funny with Ray Cooper. Since he won the million a couple of years ago, look, he hasn't been the same. He's missed way loads of times. Didn't even fight in the tournament. Oh, uh, he must have bought uh, someone else's silk sheets that they, they keep talking about. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, every time he's turned up, he's kind of hung in there and he's gone to a decision and like he's not, he's definitely not an easy out. But uh, Jason Jackson kind of just took him apart like that leg kick in the ground pound. Um... Yeah, it looked, like, it looked like a bit of an early stoppage, but it wasn't an early stoppage, you know, because he just wasn't fighting back, you know, and he was just saved from himself, really, um, which is very unlike Ray Cooper, you know. But, look, I think credit to Jason Jackson, he did just kind of take him apart over five minutes, and uh, and that was that. I, 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 everyone knows I've been a massive fan of Jason Jackson 
for years before people were even calling him world class. Like I just I don't know. I always saw something in him. He's just very well rounded, and he can kind of do it all. A little bit likely on Edwards. Like I think he'd be. Jeez, I think it'd be a great fight. If there was one crossover yeah, fight in the world, I'd like, that'd be it. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be nice. It, 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 sometimes, you know, you mentioned a good example earlier on Edwards and Jason Jackson. Sometimes guys can do it all. You know, they have yeah. all the different bases, but they have to kind of learn how to make it all click. And that's what makes you actually like a upper echelon fighter. And I think both of them have, have done that. Jason Jackson in the last, like, you know, year or two and Leon over the last two or three years. Like you know, if you if you put them in a situation, they'd know the exact escape on the ground. They'd know the exact submission. But it, it is all about just chaining it together seamlessly, and you know, offering so many problems to your opponent, and you know, uh, that gives you confidence in your ability when everything's flowing. And Jason Jackson, yeah, he's he's uh, you know, obviously that rematch, like he he was an underdog in the last one. That's one they probably looked to put, put together. But if he can win that, you know, he, he could be on top for a while in this in this. PFL Bellator amalgamation. Yeah, interesting. I, I like. I think Asangan is a little bit like that as well. He's put a lot of things together. I, like, I think there's a few guys like a Nimkov, which we'll talk about in a second. I think he's like that as well. He was always very good, but and I think AJ McKee is kind of he's at the precipice of that. I think maybe in two or three fights. I know he's 21 fights into his career, but still he was young and he, a lot of fights when he was young. I think he's still a guy who's who is kind of putting it together. He's already great, but like he could be. Very, very great if you put it all together. But Nim, I suppose, um, just to Nimkov first, this is a, a bit of an easier one. He came out there, looked jacked to say the least. Got in there against Bruno Capeloza. That, that horse meat is, is uh, something else. Jesus, yeah. Capeloza coming off of a drug test failure, um, <laughs> coming in here against Nimkov, uh, who looked very strong, very strong, let's put it that way, in his first fight up at. Uh, at heavyweight, and he just took him apart, beat him with an arm triangle. I saw a few people saying, you know, the real fight for Francis Ngannou could be Nimkov, and you know what? God almighty. Like, it's funny, everyone wrote off PFL, I'd have no one that could fight Francis. I'd love to see both the Fahir fight and the Nimkov fight. That Nimkov fight, like, Nimkov is a top-level mixed martial artist, um, and now he's yeah, a big... I, I, know, I know what you mean in terms of, like, you know, uh, they're, they're very interesting matches, but I think, in fairness to the people saying that, when, like, you're, you're potentially looking at, like, a John Jones versus Francis Ngannou fight, and then your step... It, it is a big step down to, you know, uh, even though these are interesting matchups, we're, we're talking about potentially... Um, for I the, think the, the casual is. fan who just wants to see, you yeah. know, oh, I want to watch the big fights... Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a big difference. I think Fahey is. I don't think Nimkov is okay in terms of name and maybe money and draw and all. Like Fahey isn't like Fahey isn't the best fighter in the world. He's just a very awkward and big and knockout artist. But Nimkov, he is one of the best fighters in the world. Like this guy, there's an argument he's the best light heavyweight in the world. I think by 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 a, by a good bit. And now he's moved up to uh, to heavyweight. Like. He's, this guy is legit as they come. John Jones is older now and everything. Francis is older. Like, you know, what's to say he's not the best heavyweight in the world? Like him versus Aspinall, that would be a, a very fun fight. I, I think he'd beat Aspinall, to be honest. But people always calling me Aspinall. Uh, no, I, I don't hate Aspinall. <laughs> like, I'd like to see him a few times at heavyweight, like, uh, you know, go a bit longer as well. And uh, Although Cabalos is a decent fighter, you know, uh, I don't think, yeah, I think Tom Aspinall would... would take him apart in the feet oh I don't think so at all 
Jesus, I, I think he's been a way higher level of fighter than than Ham Aspinall has so far. Uh, yeah, well, Aspinall hasn't really been tested at the top, at the very top level yet because uh, various reasons or whatever. Even though he's the interim champion, but I think you know uh, his ceiling is is his his general ability and ceiling is higher. Mm, I I wouldn't say that. I, I think it's because it's at heavyweight. Like I think. Yeah, I think the yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, I just I, and this is me sound like I'm hitting uh Aspinall again, which I seem to always do, but I just really ran Nimkov massively. Like I think Jesus I, I But it, it is good to have, you know, it reminds me of kind of pride days and things like that where you have champions or uh, upper upper echelon contenders in other divisions or other promotions and people are talking, Oh, who would win? And you know, it's a it isn't just a clear cut thing and people could make, make arguments both ways. It, it's healthy for MMA to have to have that indeed uh i missed this romero santos fight was it a boring snooze fest over 15 minutes like i predicted um no uh, well it wasn't it was kind of half <laughs> um romero was more active than i expected him to be um worked the leg i think once he realized that uh tiago santos changed stance um and was kind of protecting his his leg which becomes back leg and he started working on the front leg and kind of mashed up both legs <laughs> he got once he kind of saw that route to victory and saw santos uh showing the kind of the fruits of his labors with that work on the leg he just kind of stuck to that and yeah he uh yeah he won a quite dominant tiago santos stayed in there and hung tough and you know Tried to get big strikes away, but when you're when you're kind of on half a leg, it's 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 difficult. I wonder maybe uh, if Carol Moore was to win the title in Belfast. I wonder would they do Carol Moore versus Yoel now? Uh, that could that could be a fight. Like Yoel has won three of his last four. He lost an Imkov who's gone up now, who's the former champion. So I think that's a fight that could be. I'd love to see that fight. That'd be absolutely class. But obviously, Carlos to come uh, come through Corey Anderson first. So we'll uh, I suppose we we'll wait and see on that. Um, Dinry McKee and, and, and Pico both picking up first round finishes. Uh, I, I My bet of the week was uh, plus 350 for AJ McGee to get the triangle, or to get the submission, sorry, and he did here. Uh, and Pico made easy enough work of Corrales, obviously picking up um, that, getting back that win, I suppose, early in his career. These are the two guys that really need to build their own Graham, aren't they, for, for Bellator? Like, these are our two young stars who you could argue are two of the best fighters in the world. And, you know, if Bellator can promote these or Bellator slash PFL, if they can make these guys into stars, they're 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 not at much. But what do you think of the performances from both of them? Yeah, obviously, you know, Pico. I, I think the fight changed late, didn't didn't it? Um, or was he always? Yeah, no, fight? yeah, he was. Jesus, there was changes all over the place. So he was supposed to fight um, Braga, against Braga, and then Braga yeah, was supposed yeah. to fight against. Uh, Patricio, Patricio was supposed to fight Pitbull first of all, so yeah, it all went mad, and then in the end, <laughs> fighting Corrales and that. Yeah, so you know, going in there against a guy who's beating you, kind of short notice, it's, it's you know, it's definitely a, could get some, you know, ideas popping into your head that you you don't necessarily want as Aaron Pico when you're when you're kind of focused on a different opponent and you're in the mind frame, it could throw you off. But he went in there and. You know, he looked a, a lot better than when they fought the first time, and just showed you know that as good as you, as good a potential and as good a attributes as, as you have, you, you need experience. You need to be able to put it all together. You need that time in the cage. You need to, you know, uh, overcome adversity and you know watch tape and go back and close hold in your games in victory and in defeat. And you know, uh, obviously, he's not really. You know, he's coming out. That's a seventeen fight now, so he's coming up. You know. To twenty fights now, so it's time to, 
it's time to go you know it's time to kind of you know are you going to be the the, the pro, are you going to turn into the the prospect or are you going to be the prospect we thought you would be or are you going to be you know a little bit of a underwhelming career we're, we're going to see him now and from that performance he looked like he could put it all together really well obviously he's a good wrestler and his hands have improved a lot but yeah it still remains to be seen whether he can do it at the very top level but I think we're going to see it now and it's going to be it's going to be very interesting but yeah dominant performance great to get the win back looked like a completely different fighter than when he when they fought the first time and uh did he look special i'm i'm not so sure fair uh any interest in clarissa shields or alio ali baggio walter any of that um yeah i saw them yeah it's a, yeah um no, Chris the Shields. <laughs> yeah, it was a close one, you know. Uh, if DeSantis had a maybe, you know, postured up and done a little bit more, she could have won that and it would have been a huge win for her. But she looks very, very raw as well. I'm, I'm sure that's why she was chosen. But uh, yeah, I suppose um, boxing fans were, you know, Amer- uh, fans of Clarissa Shields and, you know, I've seen her represent America and stuff, may, may be interested to get, get their eyes on the card and get them to buy the pay per view or to get them watching the the prelims and you know advertise the pay-per-view and maybe get a few more viewers that way but they probably have to pay her a lot of money so i'm not sure if the the juice is worth the squeeze yeah i i, I don't I, I was thinking about this like some there was some about ryan garcia i think he's emma's like calling out uh sean o'malley last night and the difference between i think the mma guy fighting the boxing guy and the boxing guy coming over to mma is like there's there's no real jeopardy like we know what's going to happen like Clarissa Shields fought a fucking one and three fighter and nearly lost like um you know if she just she was facing off with Chris Cyborg if she fought Chris Cyborg she would get destroyed like so there's there's no real I, I don't think MMA fans are like have any interest in seeing it like we know what's going to happen the boxing guys are going to get the shit beat out of them like so yeah I I, I just uh, you know, uh, it's not really a gimmick that's going to work, I think. But anyway, overall in this card, um, five one to Bellator. Uh, it was pretty predictable. Uh, I predicted the five of them, and I thought the, the main event would be close. Um, it, it wasn't close; it was the other way around. But yeah, I th- thought that was the only one that was hard to predict. Well, the Romero Tiago Santos one was hard to predict as well. But um, it's just what, what like what do we learn from it? I always get a question from one of the lads in the Q and A. What did you learn from the weekend? I, I like I don't think we learned much. I think Bellator had a clearly <clears throat> better roster, clearly better fighters, and they showed that you know. Um, and the only good thing is that PFL now owns all those fighters or has all those fighters under contract, so it's it's a win win for them, you know. So let's move forward and uh, go at it again. I think I like the effort. I admire the effort of what they tried to do here. Uh, it all fell apart. It was never going to be the card they wanted it to be because it fell apart so badly. Um, but it it wasn't bad. It was okay, and I appreciate what they what they tried to do. Take a random guess, even though we'll probably never know. But how many pay per view yeah. buys do you think that was doing? Oh god! Uh, and it was it was on 000. it was on like during the day as well. It was like one o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, way less than hundred thousands. Uh, 80,000 like No, no, less than that. I I'd say if they did. I'd say if they did 50, they'd be doing a lot, a lot. Like, it's hard to sell pay-per-views, like, very, very hard. So, um, yeah. Especially with the UFC on afterwards as well, yeah. doesn't help. Yeah, I, I, And there's no big name on the card. Like, I, yeah, I'd say between between probably 
35 and 45 I would say but uh, we, we might find out um, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a fake number that comes out anyway, anyway at some stage but we'll see on that right let's move over to uh, to the UFC Graham I'm just going to skip everything until the last two fights if that's okay with you there was like Zell Huber I thought was good um, as, as Dan White said Torres started off the card well and he did he beat Chris Duncan other than that it's just background noise. Just wait until five o'clock in the morning for the big two fights. I I've not. I don't want to talk about any of it for you. And anything for you for on the undercard? Yeah, no. I pretty much agree. Um, yeah, it's probably good for the you know the Mexican locals and all that. But yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a uh, non-event in terms of jeopardy and you know uh, people you know, proving themselves or, or questions being asked, uh, answered that were, that were waiting, that were waiting to, to find out and things like that. It just seemed to be uh, basically a two-fight fight card. Yeah, and, and both Mexicans lost in those two uh, two fights. This, if this is in Ireland and two fighters lost, they'd be calling... Uh, 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 he's, he's calling for USC Nacho to be cancelled. Third generation, <laughs> well, he's, one of the, he's, he's, he's one of them. Yeah, I saw his Ortega, yeah, but... Um, Look, I, I enjoyed the top two fights. They were both kind of odd fights. Uh, let's start with Ortega versus um, Rodriguez. Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with me that yeah, you're basically just threw this fight away? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Just terrible. I. It was weird because he threw it away at the same time that Ortega kind of realized he could get it back, and it was the perfect, the perfect storm for Ortega. Like so, if people if people didn't see this, if you're just uh, tuning into us. So the fight started off, right? They were doing the introductions and Ortega was warming up as Bruce Buffer was int- uh, introducing him. And like everyone, you know, they jump up and, you know, they, they, they stretch their knees or whatever. And as he jumped up, he landed back down. He fucking twisted his right ankle, like clearly twisted it pretty badly. And uh, I think he said, I actually didn't hear him saying it, but I saw someone saying, like, he kind of just panicked after that. Um, and he looked like he looked doomed in that first round. The year knocked him down. Looked like the fight was over. I think the biggest mistake here was Yair got on top on the ground, and he was fine. He was winning on top, but like, you have to get out of that position. You you cannot stay there with him. You just can't. And then like he went for a cast slicer. Oh my god! He I just know. gave him so many chances to get back into the fight, just, and he had chances to break away, and he didn't do it. It's just like, oh, uh, this is just awful. If you're a year friend, you just be pulling your hair out. Just like oh. best case scenario, they just stay on top until the end of the round. Like going for the castle, I said, didn't letting, and I like he'd like top position for thirty seconds at the end of the round at Ortega, and, and the crowd. Oh, if you're god. calling him up to his feet after knocking him down or him flopping to his back, you know the crowd are going to be going mad, and yeah. it's going to be you know oh, it's just such bad uh, fight IQ and Yair Rodriguez looks so tired at the start of the second round this is at uh, elevation as well massive elevation he threw everything out there like in the first round uh, Ortega got a takedown in, and then he was on top for over three minutes and I was kind of thinking to myself right okay he was on top for three minutes didn't, lo- didn't land an awful lot let's see how Yair starts the third round and when I say that Yair Rodriguez could not move in the third round it, w- it was like the, the Liverpool and Chelsea players in extra time they were <laughs> cramping up and so tired and all he could not not move couldn't move immediate takedown arm triangle um we, we'll talk about what happened after that in a second but oh my god jesus i understand it in a way like the finish is there you're in your hometown you let it all go but he made 
so many mistakes. A fair play to I must say, a fair play to uh, Ortega. A lot, a lot of people wouldn't have been in there with the chance of making a comeback uh, against Yair. He he deserves a lot of credit for that, but. Ah, uh, he was. If you're Yair, it's one of those ones you probably kicking yourself for a long, long time uh, over it. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, one stage Ortega, you know, his corner told him, "Don't blow your nose," and then like ten seconds later, he just blew his nose. I was thinking, he? "Oh, here oh, we go. Geez. It's gonna, it's gonna just become a big swollen golf ball eye." But he, he got he got away with it. But that could have been the end of the fight. I was thinking, "Oh no," because you've seen that happen before, where guys, you know, it, it's not too bad the damage, and then or you know, it's not affecting their vision, and they blow their nose, and it, it just closes their eye. So yeah, he, it's just it's really. Uh, frustrating one from Yair's perspective. I don't know what his corner was saying to him, but surely avoiding the the ground must have been the game plan. You know, uh, Ortega's striking is just not great at all. Um, Yair has a huge advantage there. Yeah, just um, yeah, just really, really bad. And and not even like, not even avoiding the ground, but like you're destroying them so badly on the feet. It's like, oh, I don't know. And even then, when it was on the feet, he was kind of overthrowing shots, falling into shots. Like, take your time. That's what you are. You're a great outside, take your time, striker, land your shots. It was, it was, it was just not great from him. What did you think of Ortega holding on to the submission at the end? Because... Yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, was there bad blood between them? I didn't think so. No, they were, um, they, they were fucking kissing yeah. and hugging and all you know, the way. Sometimes, sometimes it's um, a case where the ref is shouting to stop and they don't stop, and I can kind of understand that. Maybe you're kind of concentrating and you're not paying attention or something like that But uh, to what the ref's saying. But when the ref's grabbing at you and like touching you like heavily, uh, you know, trying to get you to stop, it, it, it was very odd that he held on. Um we used to see this a little bit more like years and years ago, like 15, 20 years ago in MMA, where you just, you guys would hold on, you know, to make sure or hold on to kind of prove a point or things like that. But I haven't seen it in a long time. And yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely completely uncalled for. And I, I don't know why he would do that. I, I think the weird part about this is people are treating him like he's a first day white belt here. It's like, ah, oh, you know, he, you know, he just did. He, he was yeah, he there's no way. He there's no know. way he didn't know. Of course he knew. Like he, this, to me, this is a massive scumbag move. Like if Goddard was at the other side of it and he just roared stop or something like that, fair enough. Like you don't move. I, I, I wouldn't move. If I would ask him to move. I would criticize him for moving. If it was just the sound Goddard couldn't have done a better job. He s- roared stop, slapped the shit out of him, pulled him off and he still didn't move. Like I, I, I don't, I, I, I think people are giving him the benefit of that way too much here. I think it was a right dirty scumbag move to be honest. Um, and I didn't like that. And I think, you know, I think Ortega is a bit like that. I think he's one of these fake nice guys as well. I don't know. And uh, yeah, it just, yeah, I don't know. It it didn't rub me up the right way at all. I hate that shit. Like you won the fight. You're like, you're a fucking It takes, away, black it takes away from your victory, like a it big, does, yeah. big victory. Like it could put you in title contention. And now people are going to be talking about all oh, your, your scumbag move or whatever. So yeah, it's just, it, it just makes no sense. Yeah, and I, I, to be fair, I don't think they are. I, I think people have brushed it off, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, but I just didn't didn't like that at all. It's Just to reiterate that point again, though, like this guy is a jujitsu black belt. Okay, he's in the mindset. Okay, he's relaxing into it. 
But when you get fucking hit by the referee and he wrote, okay, you can't hear him, right? He said he couldn't hear him. He had an ear infection or whatever. Fair enough. You got hit by the referee twice. Like, come on, come on. There's there's no excuse in that. I don't care what people say. No, It's not as bad as like an arm bar or something no, where you no. can break or a leg lock or whatever, but it still just is, you know, Jiu-Jitsu has like etiquette and, you know, he's as a black belt, a storied black belt. He's like, as you said, well aware and, you know, when the ref's in your face shouting and grabbing at you, there's just, just no possible way. Indeed. Uh, right, let's talk about the uh, the main event. Um, a very, 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 very close fight. Um, I think it was one of those fights, right, that it was a good fight between two lads who didn't perform to their best. Although, I, I definitely think Moreno didn't perform to his best. I thought, I thought he fought. He could have still won, but I thought he fought badly. I, I I liked the way Rival fought. I don't necessarily think it was the smartest fight in the world in terms of, you know, guaranteeing yourself a decision. Now he did win the decision, so maybe I can take that back. But I I liked I liked what he tried to do, and I liked the way I liked the way he won the fight. If you want to put it that way. Um, yeah, I think he took o- he took over the fight as it went on. He kind of figured yeah. out he Moreno slowed down a little bit, and the stuff that was working for him maybe uh, squeaking around for him, or you know, uh, bringing him success early was uh, was taken away by Royval, and Royval's kind of not really pitter patter, but kind of just. Uh, constant uh, strikes in the in the face and constant pressure and uh, maybe not big shots it, it, you know you, it kind of comes down some of those rounds come down to what you prefer you think like one kind of you know uh, loaded up shot as opposed to a bunch of nice crisp down down the middle shots you know I could see maybe an argument somebody making a case for, for Moreno edging it out as well but I do think Royval took over the fight and, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't sure whose who's hand was going to be raised, but I, I, I thought, you know, Royval will be, you know, hard done by to, to lose the fight. Yeah. But it, it was a really, really close round in, in the middle there. Yeah, and, and at the start. Like, the first round, I think the first round was a sign of things to come. I think, like, Moreno kept throwing, like, that big whiff and left hand, and, like, sometimes it hit him and sometimes it didn't. But... Every time I felt like it was unclear how much damage it was doing, right? So if your whole game plan is to, let's say, get outstruck by a lad by 10 strikes to three, but your three strikes are going to score more highly than him, when when it's not clear how much they're actually hurting him, you li- you leave yourself at a real, real uh, disadvantage there in terms of an opportunity to win the fight. If you think about it, right, how many times has Rival rocked in the, these five rounds? I would, I'd say zero times. Like, there was no clear, he wasn't knocked down, he wasn't, maybe he was hit off balance a couple of times, maybe, but nothing, nothing big at all. And Moreno kind of... I think banked. early on there was a couple of ones that kind of snapped his head back partially, but yeah, it was, it, as the rounds went on, they, they definitely became few and far between. And... Yeah, but like Moreno banked winning the fight on that, um, and it just it just didn't happen. Like I I thought Rival won the first round, um, just because he landed more strikes than him, and I don't think Moreno strikes ha- were effective enough. Like I don't think they caused enough impact. Uh, but it was very close again. I thought two and three were the o- two and three were the only rounds that I would say 
right, I, I think that was relatively clear. I thought the second round was relatively clear for uh, Moreno. I thought the third was relatively clear for Rival. The judges disagreed with me. <laughs> Did you? Well, yeah, it does come down to what you were saying, though. How much stock are you putting into the, you know, the less frequent shots, the loaded up shots from Moreno, as opposed to the, the kind of constant peppering from Roy Val. And one of the judges, obviously, I think was was forty nine, forty six. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, so one of the judges was thinking that Moreno's, you know, big lands were were doing enough to take those rounds, and you know, on another day, maybe another judge would have agreed, but you are leaving it you know they say don't leave it in the hands of the judges and they kind of use it in the in the context of you know as if it's you know a high level guy versus a high level guy is, is easy to finish and you know sometimes you know guys are well matched and it goes to a decision but in this case it kind of ring, rings more true where you're banking on the judges as you as you kind of said uh putting so much value in in these single strikes that you're landing uh, as opposed to the volume that you're that, that is landing on you and it, it's a very risky strategy yeah like this is the start of the fight that I'll get tweets after going oh you're you're the one I was talking to us about impact and damage yet the guy who threw the bigger shots lost here and you scored against him <laughs> see the, the difference is right you throw shots that look like they could be in fact impactful. You throw high amplitude looking shots, like a big Chuck Liddell overhand yeah. right, but like a straight straight punch down the middle might actually be more impactful. It can be, yeah. Like I don't, I don't really see many of those Moreno strikes being that effective. Like it was, it was a a weird uh, type of fight where like. <laughs> it, it, I think it was tough on the judges. It was obviously very, very tough on the judges. It was, sometimes we say, right, and I, I hate when people say it, oh, it's all about what the judges like, you know, we know what the judges like, the judges like big high amplitude shots, the, the problem with this one was like, were these high amplitude shots, or were they not high amplitude shots, and I think the judges sitting cage side disagreed on it, usually they have the best, uh, you know, the best way of telling, because they're close up to them, and even they couldn't tell, but I like, I think... I'd argue the best shots of this, the, the most impactful shots of this were like the knees that Roy Val landed. I think some of his jabs were very good, but like, yeah, it was, it was just a very close fight. And to be fair, I didn't see many people roaring robbery or anything like that. Um, just to go through what, what the judges had, Graham, quickly Michael Bell had rounds two and, sorry, rounds one and five for Moreno, rounds. Uh, two, three, and four for Rival. So he had Rival winning. Uh, Junichiro Camillo had round four for um, Rival and all the other four rounds for Moreno. He had him winning. And then Chris Lee had rounds three and five for Moreno and one, two, and four for uh, for Rival. So the, so the judges didn't agree on any of the first three rounds no, uh, unanimously. Not unanimously, no. Only four yeah. and five were unanimous, yeah. Yeah, so you know it's, it's a very close fight with very close rounds, and probably that's why people aren't aren't crying robbery because you know it it could be scored for either guy. Yeah, indeed. Um, look, it was a great win for for Rival. Obviously, he's kind of been the the bridesmaid in that division for a while, and it's tough because like I'm sure the UFC would love to have put Moreno back in there and maybe a title shot uh, in in UFC Nacho and all that. But now they don't have the opportunity. But look, that's the that's the way the cookie crumbles, and that's the way the fight went. And I think um, do, you, I, do you think this this maybe will turn into not a number one contender ship fight because of you know how close it was and it wasn't maybe that exciting and the guys have already fought and 
things like that. So maybe yeah. I think it'll depend on Albazi as well. Like uh, when he comes back, who's he going to fight? You know, maybe they'll do Albazi versus uh, Rival, and the winner that might be the number one contender. Although Pantoja looks like he wants to fight uh, on three oh one, which is coming up in Brazil. So. You know, maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be Pantoja. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But, you know, there's so many rematches and so many of those fights, you know, that were going to be seen again and again and again. Like the, the Albazi injury. Brandon, Brandon Moreno is just always in rematches. When's yeah. the last time he wasn't rematching somebody? A long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then the, like the two up and So the three up and coming guys, let's say, in uh, Albazi, Manel Cape, and. Um, and uh, Mohamed Mahayev just keep kind of getting setbacks and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's 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 a tough one. Um, right, let's uh, let's move on. Look elsewhere. Um, this let, let, let's move to next week's card. I want to talk about one one six six. This is a, a fucking brilliant card, I must say. Um, uh, Anatoly uh, Malyakin is in the main event against Rene de Ritter in a rematch of the fight, which was a very one-sided matchup, but he's coming down in weight to fight for the uh, the middleweight belt, which isn't as much of a cut as you would think because one championship don't do like weight cutting. It's more 205 than 185, uh, but that's a big matchup. Then the 115-pound title between Jared Brooks and Joshua Paschow. Very interesting fight. Kai Tang and Tan Lee uh, in a rematch again of their uh, bout. Um, Sam Ferdex, she was supposed to be on this card. I believe she's not on it anymore. I was looking on the One Championship website. She's gone off it there. I think she's been moved to uh, another card, which is obviously very, very unfortunate, but they also have Arjun Buller versus uh, Amari uh, Aliak Barry. So, you know, they have three MMA titles on the line. They were supposed to have four, and they have a, a grappling match as well, if you're into that. So, a very, very, they have very. Muay Thai, boxing in the cage, all that stuff. But hopefully, yeah. they'll, they'll do that before <laughs> so they don't interrupt the, the, the flow of MMA. Uh, they'll probably throw a bit of it into it. And what are you looking forward to there? Are you looking forward to, uh, to any of them? Like, I, th- I think. I think some of them rematches. I think that the Tan Lee uh, Kai Tang rematch will will very will be very very interesting. Like it was a unanimous decision last time. Um, uh, Kai Tang won it pretty well, but that Ilya Freemanov win was very good for for Tan Lee, and he's a guy you know getting on a little bit now, thirty eight years of age. I think this is his big opportunity. Um, That'll be fun, and I think I, I, I just wonder if Mayakin can make the weight properly. I know it's only two or five, but if he can make the weight properly and be good at it and become a, a three-way champion, there it's it's a massive card for one championship. Really, what are you looking forward to? What time is what time is it on? Very early. It's on like Friday at twelve thirty, I believe, Irish time. So. Sky Sports good. as well, so yeah. and uh, it's not actually on Sky Sports. I don't think oh, uh, it's. I, but I believe it's free on their website, so that's okay. And you can like cast it to your TV. You know, it might be on there. Uh, now, I was only actually I just went and looked today, and it said it was free on the website. That could change. The Sky Sports thing could change as well. We'll see maybe later in the week, but yeah, it's free on the website anyway. Like that's all right. Yeah, obviously, for our side of the pond, <laughs> as the Americans would say, uh, having it on Sky will, will be great. But yeah, as long as it's free and, it, and the stream is working, then you know, no, that's that's phenomenal for MMA. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I'll have a full preview out for that anyway, up on, uh, up on Shardog this week. So if people want to uh, check that out, absolutely, please uh, 
please do. Uh, next week's UFC, who is it? Oh my God, this is that terrible card. Uh, Rosenstruck versus event. <laughs> the co-man event, Vitor Petrino against Tyson Pedro. Mohamed Makayev is on this card actually against Alex Perez. That should be the main event. Why is that not the main event? Um, heavyweight, bro. Yeah. Banging, banging heavyweights. Do you know what? Umar Magomedov is on this card as well. Matt, Matt Schnell, Guangram, Graham, Matt Schnell. Ooh, Matt Snell. And Chrisley, Christian uh, Leroy Duncan's on the card as well. Yeah. Which was some more, more Oh, Eamon's a happy versus Javid Basharat. This is not. This is actually not a bad card. I, I like that um, uh, Razabal versus Al Salawi uh, fight as well. This is a pretty good card. Whenever I see Eric Anders as a big favorite, I'm always thinking, hmm, let me, yeah. let me check out <laughs> let, let, me, let me make some money there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, like. This card is upside down or something. I, I feel like if this is a main event of Makaya versus Perez with like Basharat versus Zahabi uh, as the uh, as Do, the you think maybe it is a case of wanting to kind of you know Mohammed um, um, Makachev is quite young and you know he is a maybe a big prospect and uh, somebody they could use and maybe they don't want to put him into the spotlight too quickly, but you know. How much longer can you hold him down if he goes out there and, and dominates against Alex Perez, I suppose? And I think it, I, I think it probably is just a case of big heavyweights. Casual fans like big heavyweights, knockout, you, you know, things like that. That probably has uh, has um, Rosenstruck and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I think Dana White and the UFC brass believe that, you know, having these big guys on the, on the poster draws... Um, Casual interest. Yeah, look, there it, it is that I'd say, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I is, is that still true? I don't know. Maybe don't know. It's, it's hard to know. Who's watching these? Like, you're going to be fucking mad to be watching these, aren't you? <laughs> oh, and that's us. Like, we're fucking watching them. More fucking idiots we are. Um, there's a great octagon card as well next week. I have uh, Brian Lacey on with me this week and Sherdog to preview this. Um, Amir Khan, he's fighting. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. So they're, they're doing a million pound tour or a million euro tournament. Um, and the, the bottom like eight fights in this are all part of the tournament or seven. I think there's one actually that's going to be on in a couple of weeks time. But um, so the winner, they, they spread the million to throw it. But there's also another million up for grabs for like the fans. You can win like a million quid. Uh, so that's kind of cool. But um, there's some very, very good fighters on it uh, in this bracket. Uh, Akon Wanless, who we all, you know, is... Um, is a very good fighter coming out of uh, Team Renegades on it. Daniel Torres, who beats Saladin Parnas. Uh, as you mentioned, Amir Khani, who's fighting Mohamed uh, Makashev, who's not to be mixed up with the other Mohamed. Oh, uh, do we have too many? <laughs> we have too many of these yeah, names. They're these very, they're hard to keep up. I'm, I'm butchering <laughs> half the names I say every week. Yeah. Um, they have also Mohamed Grabinski, who I believe is the champion at 155, but he's leaving his belt uh, to the side for this tournament. And also, this lad, if you just want to keep an eye on Sean, Sean Denny was telling me about him, and I went and watched a few of his fights. Uh, Hafini Nafaku, this guy on the ground is a fucking beast. He's eight and all. So there's some real good talent there. Um, and PFL Europe then is starting the week after that. So we'll talk a little bit about that next week. But very good time for. Um, uh, from in Europe, and the main event there is Patrick uh, Kalinic against uh, Peter Vavrinka, uh, the champion against the interim champion uh, Kalinic or Keensel. I always fuck up his name, Keensel. Patrick Keensel. Uh, he 
broke his orbital eight weeks ago and he's coming back so he like yeah uh, yeah brian told me that in, in the interview if you can you can hear that and he um he had to he needs surgery yeah? yeah yeah he had surgery and he blood and air pumped out of his face and he's he's fighting eight weeks later so fuck me i don't and, you know he's apparently he's a big favorite as well so we'll uh <laughs> we'll see how that goes for yeah, a good incentive for his opponent <laughs> yeah indeed indeed um speaking of european mma like just coming back to this week there was a mad ksw card and i haven't been able to uh to check it out yet um uh, but i i will um the there was there was grappling there was boxing there was uh pride rules Dario Stosic beat Matthias Scheffel uh Mohammed uh or sorry Mohammed Kaladov ended up losing to Thomas Adamek uh in a boxing match Philip DeFries drew with Josh Barnett uh, in a in a grappling match and there was loads more uh loads more stuff on it as well um I'm looking forward to catching up with that because I saw there was a TKO versus via, via soccer kicks on it uh, in the Pride Rules modified MMA and also mad and in more normal MMA then there was Cage Warriors as well um, and Jesus was a real good card for Cage Warriors our top three fights Chase and Blair who's been tr- uh, training a lot with Paddy Pimblett uh, he got a win there to move to four and two over Orlando Sanders uh, Mason Jones had a vicious finish over Bryce Logan who um you know people obviously remember Bryce Logan for fighting fighting Peter Creeley in his last fight so a very good win there from Mason Jones and then Wilson Hayes rolling back the years up at one forty five to get a win there he's a real star for Cage Warriors over in yeah, the in their, he's been around for for so long you know he's yeah. had forty one years uh, forty one um career fights but he, you know elite XC and you know uh, obviously um on Irish soil he or an, an Irish guy own Roddy he beat uh, in in Roddy's last fight I'm pretty sure it was anyway uh, yeah I think it was uh, you know obviously he's been around a long time he's gone up in weight he's gone down in weight he's on his day you know he's, he's so fast and powerful and explosive and he's also well rounded you know and he, he, you know when his when he's focused he's a, he's a very difficult guy and it's good to see you know somebody like that a lot of the time we see these guys come back and you know it can be it could be uh, like watching a shadow or, or a ghost of the former self. Uh, and it could sometimes be sad, but Wilson Hayes, you know, uh, phenomenal to see him in there still still looking good and still winning. And as you mentioned, Mason Jones got another good win. And, you know, uh, maybe he got to the UFC a little bit early and, uh, you know, maybe a, a second chance might be might be around the corner here for, for Mason Jones uh, with the UFC. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it should be with the way, um, you know, the way he's been performing and uh, performing in... Uh engage or since he got back there but i think no rush either do you know no rush with him um but again great to see cage wires back and i'm sure uh i'm sure we're going to see a lot more of them especially in uh in these parts over over the next while so um that's that a lot of mma over the weekend and coming up next weekend just two more quick things very unfortunate news during the week uh for irish women's mma and on two fronts um i saw shauna back i i haven't heard ex- that she's out of the fight, but her opponent was booked with someone else. So look, look, it looks like Shauna Bannon is out of her fight. Plus the Leah McCourt, Sinead Kavanaugh fights also uh, off. Leah McCourt, uh, she injured her uh, ribs, didn't she? So, um, I, I was talking to Sinead and it looks like they're going to try to put that back on for, uh, for the summertime. Um, there's kind of, there's rumors. Chris Cyborg's Twitter yeah. operator was, uh, Chris, Chris Cyborg <laughs> was operating her account and tweeting, uh, <laughs> potentially she'd step in, but I think, uh, 
uh, you know, they'd have to pay Cyborg a lot, a lot of money to make her go to Belfast and fight, you know, uh, or to fight uh, an Irish uh, girl on home soil when she doesn't really need to do that. So, yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, um, you know, that's not going to happen. But uh, putting the fight back together, to, you know, Sinead's, she probably wants to stay active, you know. She wants to her career she's not getting any younger you know it's time to you know get paid and you know, have these big fights and try to make one last run on it and for her it's 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 you know obviously a big blow for Leah having to pull out but for for Sinead as well it's a it's a blow so uh yeah it's unfortunate um uh, I think uh, you know uh, as you said they're going to look to put it back together but maybe they could just move on and um, you know. I believe though I believe there's there's some rumours that they're going to be coming back to Dublin um, so that I think it makes more sense for Dublin honestly than, than Belfast like because like the thing and this is not me shitting on Belfast again but like the thing of um, it is another Belfast rant <laughs> if it was on in Belfast it would be a very pro Liam McCourt crowd as we all know because she's from you know that area obviously if it's on in Dublin I feel like it's even though Sinead is from Dublin it still feels like Leah is, you know, liked by by the Dublin and Irish crowd as well, and it'd be uh, and you that. Get loads of, you know, people coming down from yeah. the north as well. Yeah, you know, Dublin people won't go beyond the fucking red cows, so they they're not going up there. They're worse than me. So yeah, I I, <laughs> I think uh, I think that's probably what'll happen. But you never know. None's official. None of them cards are official or anything yet. So we'll uh, I suppose we'll see with that. But look. Um, yeah, still look the the Carl Moore and, and Corey Anderson fight is is selling that the Jimmy Shaw's on it as well. So uh it's a massive blow to the card, but like it's a it's a pretty good card regardless yeah. anyway. So just before you go on there, like yeah, uh, there was a bit of a you know, an update where the in the UFC uh antitrust lawsuit where yes. they the Zufa side named they're kinda what do you call it, like a trial brief. They kinda gave an, an outline of what they're gonna kinda kinda do and they named uh I believe it was five uh, fighters that um, that they're going to potentially call as witnesses. So I think it was Chael Sonnen, Michael Bisbing, uh, Michael Chandler, Donald Cerrone, and Misha Tate. So obviously, um, you know, uh, they're going to if the if the Zufasoid are calling them, they're expecting them to you know say positive things about. Um, about the the UC contracts, which is a uh, you know a little bit surprising in in Misha Tate's uh, case at least, but you know a lot of these guys maybe have jobs that they wanna they wanna keep, but you know there is a lot of fighters who maybe don't have anything that fought during that period, and you know uh, uh, you know they're probably asked by the Zufa side to do it, but it, it is a bit of a bit of a you know disappointing one. Uh, rotten I think Rotten Bunch of cowards A uh, bunch of fucking bootlickers uh, Jesus they, This is That's low I think now Very very low Like just stay out of it Just just stay out of it But look They're trying to They're trying to keep their name in With the uh, with the UFC and all of that uh, I'm, ama- I'm amazed that Army same, The same day I saw that I saw earlier in the day A video clip of uh, Cerrone Talking about He was on some podcast Talking about how he yeah. got paid The same amount of money For, for fighting uh, uh, Conor McGregor And you know that, A pay-per-view that did over Whatever a million Or whatever it is uh, I, I can't remember You know He got paid the same thing And everybody else around him Involved Made loads of money And uh, Yeah 
he, you know, he's saying that one day and then he's putting his name down to testify about how, how they weren't mistreated by the UFC or whatever. It seems a bit, little bit uh, counterintuitive to me. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think history will meet those lads very well, to be honest. I, I don't think that'll be looked, on, looked back on well at all. But look... That's uh, that's it's pity. This trial isn't going to be televised. You know, in America, sometimes yeah. you get televised trials or whatever. It'd be it'd be good. It'd be good crack. <laughs> it'd be very interesting to see uh, the testimonies and things. It'd be very, you know, obviously after the everything's said and done, there'll probably be trial uh, transcripts you can you can read. But yeah, just following it day to day would be would be quite amazing. This is like a a uh, pretty historic uh, potentially anyway uh, you know a few months coming up here for, for MMA and especially the UFC indeed 100% um, alright the quiz has started if people haven't seen it yet there's two episodes up for free obviously on uh, our YouTube and both, both episodes have gone down to uh, the last question obviously you played Quilcher Graham, that episode is out. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Maybe we, 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 we won. Yes. We, we, we don't want to give anything away, but yeah, it was. Uh, it turned uh, the quiz turned out well. Obviously, a lot of work in the background from yourself and from uh, others on the team, and uh, it was, it's a bit of fun, and you know, nothing too, nothing too serious, except uh, when uh, except the next game, which turns yeah, very except, serious. Except when uh, people feel like they they maybe slip behind and maybe maybe need uh, need some excuses if, if they lose. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you like petty squabbling, I think, as I said last week, yeah. uh, there's definitely there's definitely more of that to come. And yes. even in the the episodes that haven't been recorded yet, like I can I can nearly guarantee that there'll be there'll be more petty squabbling. Well, yeah, the, 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 I would say the episode that's coming up on Tuesday, which is me versus Tio, uh, might be the most. <laughs> Uh, drama filled episode if you want to put it that way I, I think I think there's one better one than that coming up but there is a, a lot a lot of a lot of drama in that one so 5 o'clock on on, uh, on Tuesday for that and then on Thursday it is Ian O'Neill versus Harry Powell and uh, the tie of the round I think people would have said when the, when the draw was made so yeah, check yeah, those. If, out. if you want to check it out YouTube Severe MMA Mastermind and it, all the episodes should pop up yeah and they're very fun, like very, very fun, and um, I, th- I think they got better as it went because we kind of got, you know, there was a few kinks in the first couple of episodes. So if you're worried about that, they do get better uh, as they go. You know, it's it's I present one, Andy present one. They're kind of t- they are tough to present, but we get we do get better at it. It's 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 a bit of a complex uh, thing to go. So if you if you don't know what we're talking about, we basically do a quiz. One person hosts it. Two people go up against each other. We have ten rounds. Um, we have UFC questions, Irish MMA questions, a pitch around, a number round, uh, our multiple number rounds, as we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we have, yeah, niche, have double points, phone category, a friend, no phone uh, yeah. hint, hint from the the host, and uh, yeah, it, it's good crack. My niche category is uh, is Game of Thrones. Your niche, what's your niche crowd? Last as well. So, yeah. 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 And I, I wrote your last question, and I think it was a good question, wasn't it? Did you think it was a good question? I was one. I, uh, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything yeah. away. It is out already, like, so people know. But not, not many people have watched that one. A good few people watched the, the first one, but Graham vs. Squeecher game is very good. When, when you started getting into it, you know, you'd be, you'd be a bit of a curmudgeon now. Like, when you started getting into it, I knew we had something. I knew we had something good because you were like, I just kind of want to win this one now. Like, so, yeah. Uh, that's what that's what I knew we had it. So yeah, check check that out. Yeah, well, in, in fairness, initially I was kind of like, oh, this is a bit of hassle. But then yeah. uh, when I was actually doing it, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I definitely do want to win. And yeah, 
That's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, I. Uh, I'm a competitive bastard. Like I'll be, I'll be playing a, a game of like you know uh, PlayStation against like a ten year old, and I'll, I'll, I want to win. Slap them across the head, not. Ah, jeez. Would you not let him win sometimes? No, 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 never, never. Uh, all right, Where's we, we will. Winning, winning a fake victory, you know what I mean? Like, are Man City fans even having fun? How's that gonna learn them? Uh, all right, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our Patreon. We've no ads these days, so if anyone wants to sponsor the podcast as well, uh, let us know. Times are tough, so if you want to support us, keep the lights on. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Uh, we need it now more than ever, to be honest. So if uh, if you're inclined, if you're listening, please uh, please support us there. And uh, all these podcasts actually go out uh, on audio. They so you can, you actually can't get them in audio anywhere else. So you have to be a, a Patreon subscriber there. You also have to be a Patreon subscriber to get my Q and A uh, on audio, which is out every uh, every Wednesday. So uh, you'll have uh, a lot there for the for the rest of, of this month. And this actually the start of next month is coming up. So hang tough until the start of the month to sign up, unless you want to give us an extra fiver. Uh, but um, yeah, do that. I appreciate you all. Follow Graham at Severe MMA at me at Sean MBA at Severe MMA Pod for the uh, podcast. Account. And if you want to send us in questions, severe podcast at gmail.com for any uh, requests. If you want to sponsor the podcast or anything, get us there, or, you know, at Sean GMBA, you can DM me or whatever, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get to that. All right. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Graham, see us out with a quote for the week. You may know what I am, but who I am, you don't know. We'll see you next week. Good luck.